up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Open up your head and let it flow into me. Get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Your mother, get up, come on, get down with the sickness. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to our podcast. That was the sound of uh, one of the uh, one of your hosts vaping straight into the microphone. <laughs> uh, welcome to Chronically Fully Sick, episode twelve. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, before we start, we are recording today on the stolen lands of the Eora and Kulin nations. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this was and always will be Aboriginal land. Alrighty, episode 12. Uh, we are Chloe Sargent, a compulsively neat detective whose tidy world goes to the dogs when she's forced to team up with the only witness to a crime, a drooling slob of a junkyard dog named Joe Nielsen. Mm. A chronic illness called fibromyalgia turns both their lives upside down, wrecking their homes, careers and relationships. It's a hilarious non-stop test of wills between this mismatched duo, leading to the most unlikely friendship you've ever seen. Chronically Fully Sick has thrilled audiences nationwide with its offbeat blend of humour and suspense. This fast-paced mega hit is loads of fun. <laughs> that is, in fact, uh, the synopsis for Tom Hanks' lead vehicle, Turner and Hooch. Do you know what? I even So Joe wrote this intro for me and demanded I read it out. And I was like, when I read it, I was like, why do I know such a, like why is this, this ringing some kind of bell to me turns mm. out that she's just made me read out the synopsis to turn her on thank you <laughs> joanna oh. so if you uh. want to get updates on us and our terrible intros and the chronically fully sick podcast you can do that on twitter at chronic full sick instagram at chronically fully sick or you can get in touch, get touch with, with us via our, our website chronically fully chronically fully sick.com <laughs> We do have a group on Facebook called Chronically Fully Sick, which is filled with lovely spoonies who chat all things chronic illness. And, and also don't, don't forget. <laughs> I'm trying to say it together. Oh, my God. I keep thinking that you're, like, trying to say something funny, so I stop. Okay, okay. All right. And also, don't, don't forget, forget to, to rate, rate review, review it, and subscribe <laughs> because we're out of we time. Are. There's a delay on Zoom. <laughs> Very, very talented, talented and professional, professional podcasters. <laughs> oh, it okay. looks like we've overcome the low energy of last, last yeah. episode. Yeah, I, I bought those, um, the Focus tablets that you recommended, the Ginkgo and... Oh, yeah, they're good, Bra- huh? Brahmi ones. And yeah, and I feel like I've bloody got on the bags. <laughs> she means she's... She feels good because it's like when she goes to David Jones and buys an expensive handbag. That's what she means. That is, yes. I love buying expensive handbags from department stores. They <laughs> you are get off good. on it. You love it. I do. I really get off on it. Alrighty, how are you, how are you Joe? <laughs> I'm good. I'm actually just lifting a hand weight as I talk yeah. to you. She's I've- lifting weights and vaping at the same time, people. It's mental. No joke. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Um, I bought a weighted blanket from Aldi, which seems mm. to be really helping me get over my chronic insomnia. Um, yeah. Either that They're or we're, we're in this cycle 
of the month where I have narcolepsy instead of insomnia. So we'll we'll ride oh, that wave. I didn't realize that you went through phases. I thought that you were just insomniac full time. So you Mostly. go through like the ups and downs. Ooh, fun times. Mostly insomnia. Mostly insomnia. Well, if I don't hear from you for a, a good long time, I will uh, just assume that you're asleep. Assume that I have in a, died in a cupboard at work. Uh, died underneath <laughs> a weighted blanket. Yes. Yeah. May she rest in peace. She died doing what she loved. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. What's up, Chloe? Um, not too much. I finally like feel settled after moving house. Like my house actually feels like a house now, as opposed mm. to me just sitting in an empty room surrounded by boxes. You said like I'm sinning. Sinning. Yeah, well, that too. People at work have kind of started going back into the office a little bit, but I'm I going know. to stay working from home, so that's good because I do not want to go back to work. Oh, I can hear Babs. Hi, Babs. Oh, my Lord. Just excuse me for a minute. <laughs> the, dog, the dog's going absolutely bunter. just hear you yelling at Babs. <laughs> <laughs> just, can we leave that in? Let's be real. I probably won't Get out. Get out. The only other thing that's happening is I'm about to adopt a cat. You too can be a responsible and loving pet owner. <laughs> I can't wait to scream at my adopted child to get the fuck out. Um, uh, I, I'm actually, yeah. I actually am very excited that you're going to get a, a kitty cat. Yeah, me too. So I um like I realized that because of COVID, it's actually really hard to adopt a rescue at the moment because it there's is. like lineups. People are sort of waiting in these massive queues to adopt pets. And so I'm going to a, a cat protection society that's really close to my house. And you actually mm. have to make an appointment now, whereas you used to just be able to walk in and be like, hey, I want I'll, a cat and walk I'll out have with a cat. ten and they put yeah. them in a sack. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and now it's like you have to make a full appointment and they clean down the whole place after and stuff. I feel sorry for those. Like, seems really stressful. Um, but yeah, I'm going on Friday. And so I'm really excited. So you may see some photos soon of a tiny little kitty. Oh my gosh. Speaking of those people being stressed, I read a news story where a man held up the lost dog's home with a gun. Yes, I heard about that too. Because they, they had his cat because his, his cat went missing and they, they were like, no, we yeah. can give it back to you tomorrow, just come back tomorrow. Yeah, and he went, no, nah, I'm just going to shoot him up style and yeah. Yeah, and just, just arrived there in full combat gear with like a gun and then came yeah. back tomorrow to collect the cat. Yeah, he's just like, oops, sorry, guys. I went a bit overboard day, um, yesterday. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. I'm a dog now. Yeah, it's I, that, was a, that was one of those stories that you read and you're just like, this could only happen in America. There is no other place in the world that that would happen. No, it happened up the road, babe. I thought, no, oh, de that definitely happened in America. Girlfriend. Really? That's an Australian story? Yep. Oh, God, we are a crazier country than I, than I think. Yep. Woman held at gunpoint at Cranburn West dog, Lost Dogs Home. In Victoria. I don't think they have a Cranburn West in uh, Florida. <laughs> no. <laughs> Be a bit of a weird choice for Florida. I, am, I stand corrected. That is, that is truly wild. That lockdown really sent you guys for a loop, didn't it? <laughs> Just yeah, man. Yeah, changed man. people. Changed you know, people. Chloe, speaking of... Men that are perhaps <laughs> a bit unstable and could mm. possibly have, 
you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cooked mm-hmm. quick oats that have kind of dried out a bit for brains. Yes, yes, yes. I know. I've heard of them. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've never met one. <laughs> no, it's, they're the only men I've ever met. This Continue. is this is strictly binary, and I apologise for this. But we're talking about dating. But I just thought that was a good segue. Yeah, that's very heteronormative of you. I know, Joey, but bitch. like, there was an it's opportunity, fine. and I had to take. <laughs> there <it>. was an. <laughs> take it to rag on men my favorite thing to do yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah yes we are going to talk about dating which is yeah a bigger a big old topic dating with chronic illness isn't it it is and we're going to be kind of coming at this from two different perspectives because uh joe is in a rello um, I am recently single, so I am just relearning what an absolute clusterfuck dating is. With um... single and ready to mangle. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Mangle, um, mangle being the key word there. Yeah. But that said, I haven't been in a relationship for a very long time, and there was a brief mm. period there before I was in this current relationship where I was really dealing with my chronic illness being a, a real like, okay, I'm going to be stuck with this kind of deal. And totally, also yeah. simultaneously trying to be really slutty. So yeah. I can still kind of speak to this, to be mm. honest with you. Yeah. we've. I think we've both seen both sides of the coin kind of thing with being in relationships and being single with chronic illness. And do you know what? I think they're just as as fucked as each other in mm. like different ways you know mm. like it is you know oh god anyway all right so what should we dive into first should we dive into managing relationships when you're chronically ill sure so what do what do, <laughs> what do you have to bitch about because <laughs> i've got a i've got a couple of things yeah so i guess this is all sort of dependent on how upfront you are with your illness when you start dating somebody. A lot of people will be like, have it on their dating profile. A lot of people mm-hmm. will say it during the process or a lot of people will hold on to it as a secret and try and hide it for a while. Yeah. And it's, it is really hard to know like at what point you should like talk to someone about it when you mm. first start dating them and that kind of stuff it is like it's different for everyone and it's mm. different on the situation as well but it is such a hard decision trying to like I've just gone full throttle now like it is on my tinder profile just being mm. like I am chronically ill and if you don't like that then gtfo kind of thing because I just I feel like it's just kind of weeding out the ableists just getting mm. them out of the way but mm. like in, pre- in previous times I've really struggled with trying to decide when to talk to someone about chronic illness stuff you know like Especially because you don't really know if you're like, if you don't really know if you're sort of like in a relationship yet, as opposed to just sort of like seeing each other regularly and, you know, going on dates and that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's, there's so many variables that it's, oh God, it's, yeah, a clusterfuck. Well, with my current partner, I kind of told him straight away because I knew it wasn't just like me hooking up with some dirtbag. So I guess I, I sort of took it that that kind of way and, you know, I was pretty cards on the table straight up with him. Mm. I um, was in my previous relationship as well. I pretty much like told him. Like date yeah, totally. Everything, mm. all the horrible stuff on the first date. Like baptism of fire, that's what I say. Yeah. And if they can't handle if that, they... then like fuck off, whatever. Totally. Yeah, it's like if they can't handle that, just a, like a conversation, then it's just like, 
are they the type of person that is going to stick around when times actually really do get tough? You know, like it's one of those kinds of situations. But it's it is a really sort of like scary thing to talk to someone about like when you first start dating someone so yeah but also <laughs> when that conversation is kind of interesting too because you're kind of like yeah so I have this thing where my entire body hurts all the time but like you know I manage it like it's fine yeah, you're like it's, it's so <laughs> totally fine it's totally fine it's like me at work I've been dealing with this for 10 years and you know I'm in pain every second of every day of my life but it affects I've just every yeah, affects every <laughs> facet of my life um but I've just but learned you know, how to deal with it it's cool it's cool <laughs> we love and stan it's fine <laughs> like I have like a tail that's actually a tentacle but like it's sweet yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't really, it's, you know, other people can make a big deal, but I don't make a big deal. It's fine. Yeah, no, it is 100% like that conversation where you're just like, you start saying it's fine so much that the word fine starts sounding weird. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if you don't make a big deal about it, the other person won't. That's how come, yeah. that, that's sort of how I try and approach things. And I don't know whether or not that's a good way of yeah. doing things well depending on the person there's always the risk of that person turning around later down the track when it is a big thing and going well you made it sound like it wasn't even a big deal but it clearly is you know like it's it's always like and it's then totally situational and depends on the person which is but then my, all res- the harder. my response would be did you google what fibromyalgia was yeah <laughs> did you take any interest at all go fuck yourself yeah it's not my responsibility to educate you on my body. <laughs> yeah. No. But seriously, though, like no. people, if you say to someone that you have something and they don't look up what it is in the early stages of things, to me, that's a bit of a red flag, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, that's just a weird thing to do on just a very basic human level as well. Like, wouldn't you be curious? I know. If you went on a date with someone and they told you that they have uh, like an illness of some kind, wouldn't you? Anyway, I don't know. That's uh, I just find that a very, yeah, a red flag and also just a weird thing to do. To me, do. it demonstrates a lack of interest in you, which is a red Absolutely, flag. For sure. Yeah, totally. Especially that early on. Mm. But that said, but yeah. when you get into the relationship, if it does happen, saying you have a chronic illness and it being part of your every day-to-day life is another thing, as you know, Chloe. Totally. Yeah. I think when I first like moved in with my um, ex-partner that like it was one of those things that I really had to sort of like try to come to terms with the fact that they were about to witness some supremely weird, some supremely gross stuff, like some supremely like just really sort of like full on things that like they freaked me out when they were first happening when I became chronically ill and then just letting someone in enough to be able to see like all of it, you know, like 24-7. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Like, Oh my gosh. It's like being emotionally vulnerable with someone times a million yeah Um, I guess especially which isn't the case for me the folks out there that have stuff like IBS or Crohn's or yeah see I have a lot of IBS and wee wee stuff that would make things like (laughs) quite difficult um yeah so I imagine that would be really difficult to manage I can't super speak to that I think it's even things like just you know, like, for example, right now I have a UTI and it, I know it's going to, like, go on for days and it's going to probably, like, cause symptoms of my fibro to flare up and that kind of stuff. And all I'm going to want to do is lay in bed with an ice pack on my genitals and just, like, watch TV in bed and, like, eat chips in bed. And like You got some moving- hip wrecks? 
yeah, I've got hip rex. It doesn't, mm. it doesn't do anything. When I get them, mm. I get them really badly. But mm. like, it is just one of those things that like moving in with someone and them seeing that just walking in and you just like sitting there with your legs spread open with an ice pack on them and stuff like that. Like, it's one of those things that like you kind of have to just be like, okay, well, they're just going to see all of this. Like all mm-hmm. of these little things that I have to do to get by on a day-to-day situation with chronic illness like yeah I mean they're gonna see me lying on a shakti mat with a black retainer in because I grow my teeth and then to be honest you do look stunning with that black retainer in I know yeah and because you can't lie on that shakti mat without like I don't have a shirt on so I'm just lying there with like my tits out but with, <laughs> but with like usually Chinese suction cups on my body that look like cow teats, just stinking of but tiger yeah. balm. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's just those weird things that like, and they're not weird things. They're totally normal things, but it's just one of those things that like, it is something that you really sort of, a lot of people sort of go, okay, there's going to be someone else that is led into this world now. Like my cow teats all over my body, ice pack on my vagina, like all of that kind of stuff. You I know, know, like all of those things. And you're like, oh, okay, well, they're just going to see all of that. And I'm just going to have to accept it. During my last bout of dating, I said to myself, look, I don't think I should put another human being through this. I really don't blame them. And to be quite honest, I like being by myself, just hanging out with my dog, with my Chinese suction cup teats and my... That's very much me right now. (laughs) Very much me right now. I was like, well, you know, be a spinster or whatever. The other thing is too that I just remembered is I'm so zonked up on medication that we'll watch stuff and Mm. I'll have a fully alert and detailed conversation about the movie we're watching Mm. and have no idea that we'd seen it the next day. Wow. Or I'd have had full conversations that I have no (laughs) recollection of. Remember when we were talking about this last night? And I'm like, like, I've never, never said that before in my life. I've never, I've never never met, I've never, I don't know who you are. Get out of my house. There was this time where I was like, (laughs) I like Robert Altman movies and I suggested watching one. I think it was Prairie Home Companion. And I was like, oh, do you want to watch Prairie Home Companion? And he's like, we watched that last night and you didn't like it. You were, in fact, very vocal like about the fact that you didn't like it. Not only do you not remember it, you were actively saying, I never want to see this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, things like that happen constantly. Like that mix between medication and brain fog and that kind of stuff. Like, you know, those conversations that you have in relationships like, oh, do you want to grab dinner on Thursday night or something after work? And then Thursday comes and they message you from the restaurant and you're already at home and you're like, I have no memory of ever agreeing to that. You know, like things like that, the mix of medication and brain fog people, it is, it can make some uh, some of those relationship, everyday relationship conversations and uh, watching movies quite difficult. <laughs> but also, you know, it's it's a really fine line between splitting up what you can do and what they can do and having mm-hmm. like someone be your carer. Absolutely. That is that was something I really struggled with, mm. even on the level of like household chores and that kind of thing. For example, I I really love cooking, so I it would tend to be that I would do the cooking and they would do the cleaning kind of thing. But then I would get this extreme guilt over just sitting there while they were cleaning. It was just this thing that I could not, I really, really struggled with. That is a really hard decision that a lot of uh, people with disability have to make when it's when they're in a relationship and they 
don't want their partner to be in a sort of carer position, but mm. it does eventually happen anyway. Mm. And then they feel guilt for it and that kind of stuff. And it's, it's a story that I've heard a lot and it's mm-hmm. something that I'm very, very conscious of because it stresses me out so mm. much. Yeah. But just realize that I guess my advice would be that you aren't lazy. This isn't mm. your fault. There yeah. are things that you can contribute to your household that don't require physical labor a lot of the time or require mm-hmm. very little physical labor. And it's just about like having a chat and figuring out what those things are. Totally. Yeah. It's mm. it, like, it's all communication, which is like, it's such a difficult thing. I find like communication in relationships with chronic illness. Cause it's like, you know, one of the things that I would really struggle with is trying to maintain that balance between regularly communicating about your abilities and your ableness to be able to contribute in certain ways and that kind of stuff just general conversations about your health but then trying you to don't, make it you're so you're like oh I don't always want to be whinging about being sick that's no totally fun for someone to be around that, yeah finding that balance between like communicating about your chronic illness but not talking about it too much so it's like the only thing you talk about like finding that is a fucking knife edge kind of situation it is such a fine balance and it's so hard to find it Mm. because there's no you know I know that we've said this before but it's not like there's a manual that comes with chronic illness so it's not like Mm. you sort of have any idea (laughs) what what the right amount to talk about it is just doing your best at all times it would actually be like (laughs) you know how in Beetlejuice they have the manual for the recently deceased yes it's just that though for the recently diseased deceased it's just that yeah Yeah, it's it's just just that that. (laughs) yeah i love that (laughs) that's so good yes it absolutely would be yeah it would have all the same um tips in it yeah it is but you feel like you're just talking about it constantly and all Mm. you want to do is make sure that you're communicating properly but you yeah it is oh god that was one of the things that i would struggle with probably the most and the other thing is like R.I.P. to my libido too. Oh my God. I'm on Cymbalta and I have to take, I I think it's the top amount that you can take. So I'm on 120 milligrams. And and before we get into this, we'll just say the little reminder that we always say in the group that medication side effects are different for everyone. Just because I'm going through something doesn't mean that you'll experience the same side effects. So Cymbalta, going on Cymbalta absolutely destroyed my libido. Whereas I've been on SSRIs before that have also destroyed my libido and other ones that haven't. But, you know, as we just said, different for everyone because some people on Cymbalta are totally fine. But yeah, it just completely destroyed my libido to the point that like I didn't even sort of like recognize myself I just lost all self-confidence sexually and that kind of stuff it was it's really fucking hard and it's hard to remind yourself that like your sexual health is part of your health and you deserve to be healthy in that way you know like it is really hard to like get over that sort of really big hill um and I'm probably still get it, trying to get over it you know like it is really really fucking tough that's hard when you're like single and dating and that kind of stuff but it's also hard when you're in a relationship with someone you know like it's ugh, ugh, it affects everyone it's running yeah, up that great. sexual hill oh yes Kate Bush yeah we'll, we'll chuck that song in there for a sec but awesome. yeah being in chronic pain and also being on a high dose of Lexapro is not awesome for that let me yeah, just tell you yeah totally see Lexapro was one of the ones that was fine for me so it's that's that proves the point some people 
you know, have this as a sort of side effect and some people don't. It's not as bad it's- as others were, but so many people are fucking on that because it, I think it actually doesn't affect people's sex drive as much as other ones. But that said, yeah. I am on a hefty dose of it and have been for a very yeah. long time. For sure. Yeah. It's, and I think that's probably like, it would probably be different if I was on a lower dose of Cymbalta too, but you know, Mm. it is, it's one of those things that then you have to sort of like try to weigh up whether you want your libido back or whether this medication and your health is like what, you know, trying to weigh up this scale of like, what's more important to you. It's Yeah. yeah, I want to scale back on mine a bit because I feel pretty good, but that's the, that's the trick it plays on you, isn't it? It is. Um, but I've been on it, it for about eight years now, so it's you know let's let's yeah. give it the old slap. Speaking of giving yeah. things the old slap, though, um, yeah. <laughs> dating. Oh okay, yeah. The um, I think the thing that I'm going through now, like with obviously sort of being fairly recently single and that kind of stuff, and you know trying to go back on dating apps and things oh. like that. To, oh, it's so fucked. Oh my god, it's so terrible. I At least it's how... an activity you can do from bed though, the swiping yeah. everything. Yeah, the swipey swipey, which is just like me swiping left on like absolutely everyone. <laughs> this was my issue, okay? I want people to write something because I do not have, because everyone's like, let's just meet up and we'll talk about it. I don't have the energy for this shit. Can you totally. just, can you just write what your political preferences are? Um, <laughs> answer the damn question. I'm not going on a date with you until you answer that damn question. Where, where you buy your clothes mm-hmm. and I don't know, something, something arbitrary. I don't know. Like what, like yeah. what, what your top five favorite bands are or something. I don't care. Yeah. But like at least write that or something. I, I am too sick to dedicate my time and also the yeah. flair I'm going to get afterwards by coming to meet you in the cold at some shitty mm-hmm. ass bar. It's, I think that's the thing for me is that I have to know that something is going to be worth it or like, yeah, it's. Like if I'm going to dedicate that energy and that time to it, because it's like I have so limited window, like I've got limited windows in my week of when I can do social things. But it's like, yeah, it's because when you're chronically ill, you sort of have to like really schedule ahead for your like week, month, year life. I don't get to just like randomly go to the pub all the time like you do. I have to really, can you just talk to me so I get to know you a little bit and so I know whether you're actually worth also, I'm me getting so this flare up? Old. Yeah, Aww. I feel a million years old. The children on this app, Joanna, the children on this app. What are, app are you on? So I'm. I'm downloaded like pretty much all of them but like I didn't know what the new ones were I think it's at the hinge beginning. isn't it yeah so I've got that now but like at the beginning I didn't know what all the new ones were so I just down like re-downloaded tinder from yonks ago <laughs> and it was literally I was literally like oh my, my god <laughs> Like, I just, I feel like a full grandma, like, clutching my pearls. Like, oh, my days, what are the children doing? It was just, it was so fucked. Oh, yeah, my uh, age bracket thing that I had to change, just, I changed that pretty dramatically. Why do all the men look, like, like, seriously, the men my age look a million years older than me? Yeah. I'm sorry, um, this is really, this is really, like, heteronormative because that's me. I'm, I'm very no, sorry. That, 
That is a not like that is a noticeable thing because I think it's there's so many dudes on there that lie about their age. Like I saw one the other day and I was just like, Matthew, you're definitely you're 55. You're not in your 30s. Matthew, like, you, Matthew, Matthew, can you have you heard of sunscreen and retinol, please, for the love of fucking Christ. I can guarantee you that Matthew has not heard of tretinol and, that, and retinol. That is not what he's retinol. not here for. <laughs> he's not here for it. Oh, um, my God. Yeah, Ugh. but look, it's – so the the dating – the yeah, the Tinder dating app shit is – I I reckon I've already given up on it. I'm just – the only thing that I want to do is stay by myself in my house with my cat. My, I my met my partner cat. on Instagram yeah? through, through, right. through, like – other people but also because we're both musicians and stuff yeah well I feel like everyone that I've sort of been in relationships with has been through people I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone over an app mm, I'll I've... match make you oh good <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like that scene in Mulan oh dear I'm gonna be spilling tea everywhere there's a sexy um, gender non-binary person I want you to meet Ooh, love no, that. No, anyway, I'll be sh- I'll shut up. I'll shut up. But okay. Yeah. The other thing This podcast was- is literally just you talking to me about people that you want me to fuck. It's great. This is I really great want you to fuck this person. They're so cool. Anyway. <laughs> I'll DM you like a picture. Alright, uh, listeners, yeah. <laughs> listeners I'll uh, keep you updated. Um <laughs> Slide into Chloe's DMs. Slide into Chloe's DMs. The other thing that I'm finding with dating is that it is so fucking expensive. Oh, my God. I know. Like, going out and doing things and being, like, exhausted and spending so much money. All I want to do is sit at home with my... um, Ice pack. uh, Ice pack and Kmart massager on my back. Like, that's all I want to do. Oh, are you still on that train? That thing keeps... Oh, my God. It bruises me up so hard. That Kmart shiatsu pillow. I love it. I love it. It's great. Mm. (laughs) It's so good. Mm. I'm going after that and the cupping kit that you've purchased for me and sent to my house, I'm now going to have bruises all over me. It's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. I wanted Chloe to trade the cupping kit live on the podcast, but she was very confused by it and said it looked like a catheter. And she sent me a video of her trying to figure it out. Maybe we can add the audio of me yelling at you that it looks terrifying and it's a catheter. Oh, yeah, no, I'll do that. I'll do that. Oh, God, Joanna, this looks so terrifying. Like, that's the scariest looking shit I've ever seen. What? It looks like it's a catheter kit. But the other thing was when I was dating, right, is like Mm. in order to, like, look slutty or whatever, which is my preferred Mm. look at this juncture, yeah. No, am I, is that correct? Anyway. Jun- but, juncture, yeah. Uh, whatever. It was probably yeah. appropriate at the time anyway as well. Yeah. Um, I had to dope myself up to the eyeballs because I was uncomfortable physically and mentally and I was just pretty out of it on dates, which is quite dangerous. And just really self-conscious because of my chronic illness, my body had changed a lot. Um, I think the yeah the like body confidence and just like sexual confidence and stuff like that is something that I'm going through as we yeah. mentioned before about the whole like medication side effects kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, like your confidence levels they do go really up and down with chronic illness. Mm-hmm. I find personally, and so it's once you're sort of like thrust back into this dating pool, it's like all of a sudden I'm just one minute I'll be like yes, like touch all this skin look at it oh yeah go and then, <laughs> is like, that then, how you have sex that's that is how i have sex that's, yeah. <laughs> that is 
how I am. Sis. And you said you're um, single. <laughs> yeah, I know why. Um, and then ten minutes later, I'll be like, why would anyone even look at me, let alone touch me? You know, like it's yeah. a constant back and forth with chronic illness. Like, mm. and it's oh god. And then the like actual flare-up effect that sex can cause after mm. the fact and that kind of thing as well. I literally have to rest for like a day or two after having sex. Like, And Kylie Maslin people- in her reading on our podcast a yeah, couple of episodes which was great. back, which was really good, actually kind of went through this and it having a full-on unexpected physical effect on her and the fact that I think a cyst popped mm-hmm. when it happened yeah. and the dude just had no idea and she had all of this medical drama she had to go through because of it totally yeah Mm. yeah absolutely there's like there's so many things that happen to your body during sex and like I was just talking about just sort of like muscle pain and stuff like that in the days Mm. after but yeah like there are so many variables for, for people like us and it is yeah it is difficult it is and absolutely just, difficult and after and during dates i was just like let's let's just get this over and done with because girl needs to lie down <laughs> yeah totally yeah it is and it, i just need to lie down like can, can we just have sex so i can lie down yeah it's, <laughs> and let's get it over quickly because she's she's tired people yeah yeah, yeah. It, it is and it is one of those things that like even if you are if you meet someone absolutely amazing you're really really into it and yeah. everything's going absolutely right and that kind of stuff you are still going to have effects from your chronic illness the next day or after or during regardless so it's no matter whether it's really good or really bad it's chronic illness makes dating hard you know like it is it's always tough <laughs> and that's it's, our advice it's hard and that's our, yeah i know <laughs> When Joe suggested doing dating as a topic, I was like, I feel like I'm going to be really depressing. <laughs> it's just a lot of like, and this sucks, and this sucks, and this sucks. But well, look, we're realists. We're realists. I, I can end this on a positive note. And I have said mm. this before on the podcast, right? Maybe on this one. Maybe I was just talking shit to someone at the pub. But anyway. <laughs> Same shit, really. (laughs) Same shit. (laughs) Everyone has their baggage in relationships, right? Whether that's emotional baggage or in our case, physical baggage or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like nobody is baggage free, especially, you know, as you get a bit older and stuff. This is just something that comes with the package of us, you know, and other people may have something that comes with the package that's them, but their baggage is doable for you and acceptable for you and vice versa. Totally. Yeah. Like you get yeah. get someone else that's fucked up as well. Basically, that's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> so basically, yeah, basically find someone that has equal baggage to yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is Joe's advice. But no, you're 100% right. Like everyone's got their things and like it's just eventually you find someone that is like, oh, these are your things. Okay, well, these are my things. Let's work out our things together. So there's a scale. My bag has fibromyalgia in it. Their bag has, let's say, crippling social anxiety. Yeah. It balances out. You see what I'm saying? Balances out. Everyone's got their thing. Yeah, yeah. it's no, it's you're hundred percent right. Yeah, it doesn't make Tinder any better, but that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Should oh we boy. try to suggest some things of like how to look after partners who are chronically ill? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no, my brain has gone into piss jail. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, we're we're moving on. Guys, if you have any uh, suggestions of how to look after your partners who are chronically ill, <laughs> we'll put something up on Instagram or something because Jo jo wants to move into our next segment because she's very excited about it. And um, maybe I'll open up this one by saying 
The other day, Joanna me- messaged me. <laughs> oh, no. And I, it was a message that I read over and over again and cackled continuously about because it was, Chloe, I've been on the piss groups again. And I just, I couldn't, for some reason, that sentence just absolutely sent me. And yeah, she's so Joe's been um, on the piss groups again. Apparently, the original one's gone. Yes, They're... so you've added three more. <laughs> One of them's called Urine Magic, which I oh, enjoy. <laughs> uh, and apparently, the magic is the emotional stability it gives you when you drink in the morning. Drink piss in the morning. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> so yeah, Joe. Um, the original piss group that Joe joined in that we spoke about in a previous episode is now gone. I'm assuming it got zucked. Yeah, it um, did. But, yeah, super sucked. So now she's joined three other urine therapy <laughs> groups. So um, take it away, Joe. Tell us, tell us uh, who's in piss jail today. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> we have had a lot of requests to give you guys an update um, from piss jail. Oh. I'm just trying to find... Um, this is, the- <laughs> listeners, this is your fault. This is your fault. You can blame only yourselves for this. Yourselves. Basically, there, there is a reason we do talk about piss in this podcast. It's because we do do a section called Quack Watch. Mm-hmm. I don't think this really deserves it being a Quack Watch today or its own segment particularly because I'm just giving you a small update. So people use their own urine to apparently cure a variety of things from anything, 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 everything, everything. Um, from the HIV virus to relationships, relationships, Um, crippling anxiety, uh, Um, absolutely everything. Probably my relationship with my parents, UTIs. um, Oh my God. Should I ask, should I post and ask that? Yes, please. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I'm just, hang on. Not now. (laughs) This does not make for good podcasting. I don't get, should I post this in urine magic? Oh, yeah, there's 6.1 people in here. Wait. Okay, wait. I'll just Six, do it. 6.1K. 6. 6. Don't worry, I'll edit this. It's fine. Can urine therapy cure oh my, my friends? I love that you're legitimately UTI. asking for a friend. Her name is Chloe. <laughs> her, name's, her name is Chloe Sargent, and you can find her at this address. <laughs> Please deliver your Exclamation age mark. Thank you in advance. You're in magic. Cretin. You are a monster. You're a mess. <laughs> I'll send you an update. <laughs> anyway, so urine is the healing of oh. one's urine magic is the healing of one's own body by using our perfect medicine, urine. Okay, so some people yeah. this week. My cat is sick. Do I give him my urine or his own? Sorry, I'm a beginner, so I'm really not a pro at this stuff. My God. So making your poor, gorgeous little cat drink mm-hmm. your piss. I've read where people jail. give their pets their own urine, not the pet's urine. Good results. Thumbs up. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Obviously, that's great results. Yeah. Mm. Did they say what was wrong with the cat? No. <laughs> of course not. That's, there's actually nothing. There's the, the cat has no maladies whatsoever. It they just want to make it drink piss. So piss jail, straight to piss jail. In the group, urine. Guys, we have to get Joe out of these groups. It's getting worse. It's getting so much worse. She's Ur- gone bright red. <laughs> She's bright red right now. 
<laughs> Urine therapy, no trolls edition, or capitals. Angel yeah. Angel Peace asks, I wonder if one of the forbidden trees from the Garden of Eden is urine. Jap Gibson writes, trees can't piss. <laughs> You've got to bleep out these people's names, even <laughs> Name That's like that. not a real name. Come on. I know, but my God. Oh, I just. Trees can't piss. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm ready. One from the Urine Therapy No Trolls edition. Does anyone like to use urine in place of water when cooking things like pasta, rice, <gasps> oatmeal, etc.? Imagine putting like a rice cooker, like putting piss in a rice cooker. And having to eat so much pissy rice. Oh my god, yuck. Mm -hmm. Or like pissy oats or like pissy grits. Pissy grits. Pissy grits. That's my new (laughs) punk band, Pissy Grits. I was about to say that's my drag name. (laughs) Oh my lord. So are any of these people talking about curing something? Like some kind of malady or is it just they're just like which this person is and... All the ones before were just wondering how, in what ways they can drink their own piss for no discernible reason. Yeah, I mean, no, there was one about jellyfish stings, but that's not as funny. There's one asking if urine can cure HIV and AIDS. Oh my God. Seriously. What is wrong with these people? I know. How, what, like, I just cannot fathom what goes through their heads that, Everything they've ever learned about basic medicine and that kind of stuff has just, they've just one day gone, now nope, gonna drink my own piss. Mm-hmm. That's the cure to everything. Mm-hmm. And what was the response like to that? Was it like really like positive people saying, like, oh, hell yeah. My friend, you need to mix urine with garlic, turmeric, and ginger. It doesn't only reduce the viral load, it also clears it. I was a victim. Wow. So there's someone saying that they were HIV positive and they cured their HIV. Yeah. By mixing together garlic, turmeric and piss. You pound the turmeric, garlic and ginger, soak it for at least 12 hours in urine, drink morning and evening before food. Also lemon in it is very good. And then someone... God bless them, has written, so let's, we can, we can finish this on a high note. Uh, wear a mm. condom, mate. The spice rack isn't foolproof. Please, guys, please don't try to cure your viral conditions with uh, turmeric and things mm. from your spice rack. Just mm. have safe sex and that is all. All mm. I can say well, is I'm just giving the people what they want, Chloe. They, yep, and as I said to you guys before, you only have yourselves to blame for this mm-hmm. because you're asking for piss jail updates. This is joking <laughs> to you while I sit here very upset. I hope that that's what you want. Get the fuck up. Simon says, get the fuck up. Throw your hands in the sky. Okay, so as we're on Zoom, I'm just mm. going to. I don't know if this next section will work because I didn't research it whatsoever. Ooh. I'm going to Fun. send you. A, <laughs> I'm going to send you a file. It's going to come in a minute. Okay, there it is. Okay. Oh my god, what is it? What's the picture of? A very muscly man pointing into pointing at a man in a barrel. Mhm. With another man that's wearing a t-shirt that says freeze. Mhm. So, do you know who Wim Hof is? No, I do not. Mm. Have I missed out on something? So he's apparently some sort of, you know, okay, let's read this out. 
So he's a cir- from circus act to scientific breakthrough and global health leader. Mm, uh, Dutch okay. extreme athlete Wim Hof got his nickname the Iceman by breaking a number of records related to cold exposure, including climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in shorts, running half marathon above the Arctic Circle barefoot, and standing in a container mm, while covered with oh. ice cubes for more than 112 minutes. Using cold, hard nature as his teacher, his extensive training from whom... Um, yeah. has enabled him to learn to control his breathing, heart rate, and blood circulation and to withstand extreme temperatures. Armed wow. with his motto, what I am capable of, everybody can learn, Wim Hof is convinced that everyone can tap into their inner potential without having to invest the same decade's worth of study, travel, and daring. Wim has made it his okay. mission to share what he's learned with the rest of the world, and so... He developed the Wim Hof Method, a combination of breathing, cold therapy, and commitment that offers a range of benefits. What other range of benefits do you think, Chloe? I'm assuming curing multiple different chronic illnesses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) All right. Great. So So he thinks that being having an ice bath basically is going to... And breathing. And breathing. Yes. Of course. Okay. Great. Boost your immune system, better sleep, workout recovery, natural Mm -hmm. anti-inflammatory, more energy, autoimmune disease relief, arthritis relief, COPD management, post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome, migraine relief. And guess what, Chloe? Starts with an F. What is it? Mm. Ibromyalgia. Aye. Aye. Yeah, the... um. The older, uh, the only thing I, the only one I do agree with that cold therapy works for is post-workout recovery, which is like what a lot of athletes do. Everything else on that list seems, um, how do you say it? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Just flat out incorrect. So I have sent you his page um, mm-hmm. and there's a link to his page about fibro. If you'd like to have Ooh. a little, a little looky okay. looky looky loo on that one, a little looky looky loo. He looks pretty cool, doesn't he? Yeah, I don't know why his underpants are so high in that photo. It's I'm confused. <laughs> it was by the nineties. He's got a wallet it chain was the- on the other side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Had to take off his skate shoes to uh, <laughs> do that. Yeah. Yeah, so besides taking medication, there are some natural things that can help you find relief from the symptoms related to fibromyalgia. Top one is, um, of course, the Y word. Um, Classic. Breathing exercises, sleep hygiene, stress management, and exercise. That's fair. So we've, yeah, but, you know, it's nothing that we haven't heard before, is it? You know, sleep well, don't get stressed. And it's like, okay, well, you know, you can't just not get stressed in life. That's not, you know, that's not how life works. But, um, yeah, okay. Now, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a, a fella... That's lying in a bath full of ice. Yes. Saying that fibromyalgia has been helped out by lying in ice. What, what do, do you do? You put any sort of? I don't know how I feel about this, Chloe. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, like I use ice packs a lot, mm. but I think that's mainly because one of my main symptoms of fibro is like temperature control. Like I my find temperature regulation very hard to manage i struggle with cold showers and that kind of stuff like if i don't i've tried the cold shower situation in the mornings Mm. so many people said to me that that would be a light like a game changer with fiber and that kind of thing Mm. and all it does is that it makes me feel sore straight away whereas Mm. if i have a warm shower like hot showers then i feel better for Mm. a longer period of time Mm. so 
maybe it does work for some people, the, the ice thing, but I just, I don't know, anything that just says that it can be cured by stressing less and breathing, I and, you know, putting some yeah. cold stuff on you, just, ugh, no. If, if, <laughs> just, let me just say this. Gonna... If, if your fibromyalgia is cured by those things, you don't have fibromyalgia. Yes, yeah. That's you what may I'm have going to say. A host of other things, but like, because the ice just will help with inflammation, won't it? I'd assume so. Like, look, let's face it. I just liked the optics of making you look at an mm. old man in a barrel. <laughs> oh, not doing this podcast anymore. No. <laughs> I just wanted to make you look at an old man in a barrel. So now this method is based on three pillars, which allegedly will help you with fibromyalgia, right? So cold therapy, the cold is your warm friend. Learn how to use the power of cold to burn fat, boost your immune system, sleep better, reduce inflammation, and enhance nature's own mood boosters. Breathing. Do that anyway. Master scientific breathing. (laughs) Got a master's in that, mate. Yep, I've been cold and I've been breathing. Uh, Master scientific breathing (laughs) techniques that improve your energy level, detox your body, reduce stress levels, rebalance the nervous system, and strengthen your immune system. Commitment. Mm. Commitment. Going deep into your own physiology takes commitment and a willingness to move out of your natural comfort zone. The time to unleash your inner power is now. This sounds like fucking nonsense to me. It's when people it does. It's when people talk about healing modalities, and it's super vague, and I hate it. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things that, like, even if a lot of these things are something that could legitimately help down the road, they are so early in trying to. Like, this guy is obviously just someone that's taken it to the absolute extreme and learned how to control his like autonomic nervous system. He's a, this extreme example of this, and so. They're sort of at the beginning of figuring out how people do this. So there's absolutely no sort of scientific basis that it can help people like us right now. You know, (laughs) it's just, you know, it's just this extreme guy did it by walking mountains barefoot. So you can obviously do too. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. Having a cold shower is not the same as that's not going to help me retrain my autonomic nervous system. You know, like, I mean, I'm not willing to put this on quack watch totally. Do you know what I'm saying? Perhaps... Because it helps people like post, you know, playing Wimbledon or something to get cryotherapy, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. I myself have never done anything like this. But in order for me to have a cold shower, I do not shower, by the way. I bathe because I'm not disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, Good to know. Good to know. And Cleopatra had baths and so shall I. Mm, you could... Milk. You could not pay me to have a cold shower for 15 minutes every morning. However, I would like to hear from our listeners if they have done anything involving cryotherapy, ice, mm. this Winhof yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'd be really interested to get more insight into this if people have done it, for sure. To see what's up, if it works, because by the look of it, you know, you could probably figure out how to do this yourself at home with a couple of bags of ice down from the fisher or whatever where wherever yeah. people sell ice these days i don't know the ice shop. servo servo the- so yeah let um, us know i'm really interested in this because like i've yeah I've, I've heard it so many times that cold showers can be beneficial and all of that kind of stuff but 
it personally didn't work for me and I'm, I did try the cold shower thing. I didn't have as much of the uh, commitment pillar because after about five of them, I went, this fucking sucks and stopped. You need a commitment um, pillar, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, it's, it made me physically worse. So I went back to my hot showers that uh, make me feel better for longer during the day. But yeah, I'd be really interested to hear if people have done sort of like the sort of cold hydrotherapy and cryotherapy and this even if they've just done the cold showers every morning thing and that works for them yeah I'd be I'd be really keen for how should we do it if you have been frozen like Walt Disney's head and it's had some tangible benefits for you health wise please add us at our twitter which I forget (laughs) chronic full sick thank you Chloe or send a (laughs) send a voice message uh, from your phone to chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com and we will talk turkey about being frozen. Yeah. Speaking of Spoonie Hotline. Yes, let's get into it. Up first on Spoonie Hotline is Libby, who is calling us all the way from Scotland. Over to you, Libby. My name's Libby and I live in Edinburgh in Scotland. I've been here for four years, um, but I was born in and I lived in Adelaide for most of my life. I'm calling because um, I saw your post on Instagram and I just wanted to call because it's really hard being over here and seeing what it's like back home in Adelaide. Um, I have endometriosis, vulvodynia and pelvic floor dysfunction and before the pandemic started, I was doing the best I've ever done. I basically could, I mean, I couldn't be normal because, you know, even when you are as normal as you can be, you still are doing all the things to keep you healthy. But I haven't seen my gynecologist or my pelvic floor physio in over a year, and I've been bleeding heavier every month. Um, And I just really like to be able to see someone about that. I'm also really anxious about COVID and also struggling with the restrictions and not being able to do some of the things that I'd normally do to make myself feel better, like hug my friends. Um, Anyway, your memes bring a bright spot to my days um, and I just wanted to say thanks. Oh my gosh, Libby, I'm just absolutely so sorry to hear about your experience over in the UK at the moment. I've I've heard similar things from fam over there. It's the lockdown sounds so unbelievably full on. So I'm so, so sorry. And I hope you get to see your your physio and your gynecologist soon. The best of luck. And we're thinking of you. And we're glad that the memes brighten up your day. Libby says also she realizes it wasn't clear in the message. I can't even get in contact with my physio and gyno. Whenever I call their line, they just say they don't know when the service will be reinstated. Yeah, I know that there's heaps of issues with NHS, like sort of specialist appointments and that kind of thing going on in the UK at the moment. So mm. it's, yeah, that's maybe all mixed up with that. And it's it sounds so full on and hectic. It when must... adding chronic, chronic illness into the mix must be awful. I know it must feel kind of like just being a kite that's just had like the your line cut off or something and you're just sort yeah. of flapping around in the breeze going what the hell yeah you know especially not being from there as well like I know oh, that's not your home oh Libby I'm so sorry my doll like I, I just want to give you the biggest hug I know just, um, know that we're all thinking of you okay 
I just want to clutch you to, to my bosom. Um, if <laughs> that, that might that might not help. I'm not really sure. No, but that's going to make things worse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I guarantee that there are so many more chronically ill people and people with chronic pain out there that are going through the same thing. And I would urge you, if you are on Facebook, to join Chronically Fully Sick and just have a chat there because if we can't give you a big hug, we can at least give you some solidarity. Um, Mm. Community, absolutely. Yep, and thank you for sending us a message and heaps and heaps and heaps of love from us. Yes, Heaps and heaps. Heaps and heaps. And the next one is from Yasmin. Yasmin. Hey everyone, it's Yasmin Sabunju here. I am leaving you a voicemail uh, because I just wanted to talk about my show, The Illest, because I guess I felt like I was the sickest person in the world and there were no answers and... Yeah, medical people and family were gaslighting me. No one really believed me and I just... I just felt like I had, I would get this thing, then that thing, like it was never, (laughs) never a good day for a long time. Like I had chronic fatigue, undiagnosed endometriosis at the time and undiagnosed ADHD and yeah, IBS and all sorts of other stuff and just a really compromised immune system. So yeah, those days were pretty dark and heavy and, um, yeah, I just wanted to do a comedy to transmute, I guess, the poo-poo days that I had, and um, which I never thought I would get through. And yeah, just inspired about my journey to try to find wellness in my life, about moving to Byron Bay and everything. I tried to get better and just how long it took me to get a diagnosis even. Like, um, yeah, it took till my late 30s to get an endo and an ADHD diagnosis. So yeah, it was like 20 years of living with illness pretty much for me. And yeah, I'm just excited to be doing a show that will make people laugh and take them on a journey. And I'm sure that a lot of spoonies and chronically fully sick people will be able to relate to. Um, You know, there'll be bits about bad advice, there'll be bits about what doctors have done. But also, you know, all the stuff I did, like trying to <laughs> drink ayahuasca with shamans, tantra retreats, detoxes, anything you can imagine. Like, I have tried it pretty much. I, I was desperate. Like, I just cannot explain how sick and depressed and panicky and anxious I was with everything. Um, yeah, I never thought I was going to get through those days. So I just want to give hope that even though there's no cure for endometriosis, that, you know we can work within our means and find alternative treatments to help but obviously not cure like um, I'm a lot more able-bodied now since I've had my surgery so I'm super excited to finally be able to be well enough to put on a comedy show and take it around Australia and yeah just to provide insight for audiences of all sorts like I don't want it to just purely be about illness I want it to be about I guess the personal journey we're all on to find meaning in our lives when things don't work out how we want or we're not accepted and people don't fully understand us. And I think a lot of people, whether they're sick or healthy or anywhere in between, can relate to that. So, yeah, it's something I'm deeply passionate about and disability advocacy is something I want to raise more aware of and chronic illness and neurodiversity and... 
you know, endometriosis. I just think we have a long way to go. So I'm really motivated to take away the guilt, the shame, the stigma as much as possible. If I can help remove that in any way for people, I'd love to, yeah, put this show on and, yeah, just lead by example and, yeah, just super excited to be doing it and also a little bit scared and edgy about it to be putting myself on the line. But, yeah, at the end of the day, just super stoked to be doing the show and look forward to sharing it with everyone soon. And... Yeah, I don't want to give too much away about the show because I do want it to be a surprise. But yeah, my experience with improv, sketch comedy, film and TV and theatre will come into it. So hope to see you all around. And thanks for allowing us to be able to share our stories. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you. So yeah, that is super, super exciting, Yasmin. It's It sounds like your show, which um, is going to be on at the Adelaide Fringe, which I'm so bummed that I can't get to Adelaide for this year. As you may know, I'm a South Australian girl, so I love the Fringe so much. So exciting that you finally feel well enough to do a comedy show Yay. and you are talking about all of the things that we talk about on this podcast and more. It looks amazing and we're really, really proud of you. Um, for, yeah, writing and putting this on. It is so massive and it's so cool to see a, a chronic illness, spoony voice doing something at the Fringe Representation. about Representation. Yes, we love and stand. Okay, so uh, you can see this at the Adelaide Fringe and there's tickets available at the moment. I do believe Yasmin is going to be, yes, recording it and we'll have links up to that when it's finalised on her Instagram which is at i.am.yasmin, and that's spelled Y-A-S-E-M-I-N. And you can probably find the show if you type The Illest Fringe Festival. Uh, yeah. And, it and will she's be... actually she's actually doing it at the um, the Howling Owl, which is one of my favourite venues in Adelaide. Tuesday 9th of March to Saturday thirteenth of March, mm-hmm. and at Drama Llama at Rhino Room as well from Tuesday the sixteenth to the twentieth of March. And she um, did say as well. Um, but she didn't say I could say this on the podcast, but you know, <laughs> parody, parody, parody. The Australian <laughs> Chef makes me so angry. I do a bit in my show about victim blamers and false prophets like. Kim who say you manifested your illness by his logic if I kick him in the face I can say he manifested it I was just playing my part in the grand scheme of things dude winky face (laughs) oh my god Yasmin I love and love you babe (laughs) oh my god so yeah if you're if you're interested in seeing um Yasmin's show it looks really really cool so yeah have a look on the Adelaide Fringe website by looking up the illust it is awesome looking yeah so, cool. thank you for that representation uh and we do have a bajillion bajillion um spoonie hotlines to play we will get to them i promise they're from all over the world um and we're just kind of going in the order we got them at the moment mm-hmm. if you do want to send them through and i definitely definitely encourage you to do so might be a while till we get to them but you can send a voice memo or if you're a techie an mp3 or a WAV file to chronicallyfullysick at gmail.com. We'll play him on the show. We'll have a little chitty chat. That was episode 12. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next ep, you guys. Oh, P.S. Oh. Urine Magic says that 
Good pee won't get rid of the bad pee and you need some antibiotics for your UTI. Wow, my situation is so bad. People are actually <laughs> suggesting that I go to actual medicine. Okay, that okay, is bye the end of the episode, everyone. Bye. No, I don't want to see her. Do you really think she'll pull through? Do you really think she'll pull through?